Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Rated number 230 <laughs> on Chartable United States Hockey Podcasts. Uh, that, that I mean, I think that's just trending. I don't know how much that means. But anyway, it means a lot to us, I suppose. Anyway, I am here with Chris Gear and Cam Hasbrook. I couldn't think of a good intro for you guys like you had last week, uh, Chris. So uh, one of you want to have at it, introduce yourself and the uh, what you're drinking. I'm Chris Gear. Uh, I'm drinking an Artifacts Trigger Finger IPA, which it looks very Bruin-y. It's uh, it's kind of like black and gold uh, with the with the away whites. Um, it is a delicious <laughs> beer. Um, I got it for free because as adults, when you throw parties, uh, people bring beer and they don't take it with them when they leave. Must yeah, nice. I'm, I'm just getting to that age now that people do that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Chris, where can we find you on Twitter? At GearOTC, but don't follow me because it's, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that lovely segue, I am Cam Hasbrook. You can find me on Twitter at Cam Hasbrook. And I this is a little disappointing, actually. I'm drinking another Baltimore Blonde, same as last week from Guinness. There's two reasons for that. One... I've had a crazy busy week, so I just haven't really had a chance to go to the store and pick up anything more. Two, as you might be able to hear in my voice, I'm kind of fighting off a cold right now, so I've been trying to limit my uh, my drinking this week, but episode five calls for something a little bit special, so we're cracking one open with the boys. So, I just want to make sure we stay the podcast without coronavirus, so... Yeah, that's yeah. get well. Get well that's soon, goal Cam. number one. <laughs> Although, honestly, if not that I'm wishing this upon myself, <laughs> knock on wood... But if I did get it, we could really promote that and be like, hey, come support us. He might only have a few left. <laughs> so. we'll, do, we'll do a fund, like a GoFundMe. If we'll just put all the money towards like making merchandise for the podcast. <laughs> the number, <laughs> number 230 on the charts, number one in your hearts. Uh, <laughs> Started from five. the bottom and now we're still at the bottom. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I am Drew Johnson, as I said before. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DoobSchmidt. Moob. Um, and if you don't know how to spell that by now, check out one of the last four episodes. Um, because you're definitely going to do it to find my Twitter. Sure. <laughs> I am that important. Um, I am drinking a an Aeronaut. Uh, is the brewery from Somerville. A hop, hop, and away. Uh, this is a really like cool that. can, which no one else can see. But I'll do the same thing that Chris did and show you guys. Um, it's cool. I've not Take tried it. for it. Oh, no, I did, like, two weeks ago, and I recall liking it, but here it is. Um, anyway, you guys want to get into the uh, week in review, which was a it was a short week because we're recording on the night of the Florida game, 
and we were going to after the game, uh, but Cam has a social life, so I, I <laughs> not much will of also one. take some take some blame for this just because I have to get up really early tomorrow morning and I'm flying to Massachusetts tomorrow. And Ooh. I have no life, so I will be here tomorrow morning editing the podcast. Until you, until you pick Chris up in the airport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, Chris, you're going to be gone the next two weeks, right? Is that is that correct? Gone from the podcast, but not from your hearts and minds. Or group chat, yep. So we'll, yeah, have, uh, we'll have some special guests coming up, so stay tuned to find out who they are. Yeah. Anyway, whoever it is, they will have a higher approval rating than me. <laughs> or yeah. any of us, probably. They're probably going to take over We're going to take off while you're gone. <laughs> just, like, phase you out. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and then you guys will get phased out, and then it'll just be a totally different podcast under the same name. Yeah. Top, top 10 U.S. hockey podcast. Yeah, it won't be 2.30 then anymore, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so week in review. Uh, it started off, uh, or at least our week, because we record Thursday to Thursday. It started off with a uh, a four nothing win against the New York Islanders on Saturday. Rask with the shutout. Uh, I mean, a shutout is always good. Rask has been on fire, uh, but overall, just a dominant game by the Bruins. Yeah, a uh, petition to start calling our Thursday to Thursday week part of the Brulean calendar. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Seconded. Uh, third, I guess. That's all that's left. <laughs> yeah, good game. I was preparing for uh aforementioned party, so I basically only watched like the second half of the game. But, yeah, I mean, 4 nothing win, Rask shutout. So all right there in the box score. You don't really need to go too much further than that. Yeah, I was actually uh, at the bar down the road with some friends, uh, one of whom is an Islanders fan, so I was rubbing it into him real good. We get it, Cam. You have friends. <laughs> Very few, but that's that was one of them. Um, funny story, though. So I was at the bar watching, and one of my other good friends was meeting her boyfriend and his parents there, and their whole family are like diehard Islanders fans, like season ticket holders, the whole thing. And I've never met this guy's parents before, and I was, like, really debating whether I should go and start talking shit about the Islanders to them. But then I, I figured that would probably not be the best intro. So I, I decided <laughs> to hold off and just lay it on my other friend who was also there. But it should've did cross my mind. Content. I should have done it for the content. I should have had a cameraman come in. We could have tweeted it out. could have started a bar fight or something. But, no, nah, they're nice people, though. So I didn't want to start off on the wrong foot. But, um Overall, a strong game. I mean, a 4 nothing win, Rask has looked absolutely dominant. We'll have some more uh, about him later on, but um, not much to complain about overall. Yeah, and uh, another big point, too, is that the, the Bruins' penalty kill went 6-for-6, six six, and special teams has been big for them on both sides lately, which is exactly what you need in this last stretch, basically the last month of the season, you know, a couple games in April, but... Special teams has been on fire, and I think that's going to give them a huge boost uh, in their cup run, hopefully cup run. Uh, nothing set in stone yet, but they're looking like they might be going in as uh, possibly the top seed. Yeah, certainly. And another goal for Charlie McAvoy, too. That one's uh, yep. Can't score. Really good. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Can't real score, quick, while we're score. talking about the Islanders, just want to quick send our best to 
former Bruins legend Johnny Boychuk taking that skate to the eye the other night. I think you saw he had like 90 stitches, something like that. Yeah, 90 stitches. I'll, I'll tell you what. stitches eyelid back together. Yeah, like I, I tweeted about this earlier in the week, and I, I think it's absolutely crazy that NHL players don't wear like full facial protection. I get that like it doesn't look as cool, and like some people complain about the vision. I think it's really just people wanting to look cool. I think the vision's not that big of a deal. I've so, played with a cage my whole life. It's not that hard or get a fishbowl. But like... What's it going to take before they actually start taking this serious? I mean, somebody's going to lose an eye at some point, or worse. Like, I think it's just crazy I mean, that they don't wear something more. I mean, Carl Soderberg uh, is the one-eyed Swede, so uh, <laughs> yeah. the direct parallel that I draw is to bull riding, uh, where for so many years they wore cowboy hats, <laughs> and now you're just starting to see them wear helmets. And I like I would always just be watching bull riding thinking you know how you always watch bull riding um i'd be watching yeah. bull riding thinking <laughs> like my god your cowboy chris of all of all sport yeah me cowboy chris uh, of all sports not to wear a helmet like this would probably be the one where you can get kicked in the head by a large being um this one where you can get stabbed in the face by knives uh yeah i would say maybe wear a full full cage but yeah let I alone mean, like, like hundred plus mile an hour shots, animals, but or at least like a fencing mask where it's kind of like meshy, but you can't get can't get your eyes. <laughs> so that would be interesting. I also have to throw this out there. I'm pretty sure this is the second time in two weeks that we've talked about bull riding on this podcast. Pretty sure we talked <laughs> yeah, about Madison it? Bumgarner last week. I, I barely remember riding. last week's episode. <laughs> I figured, so. but uh, well, we, pro- but we yeah, probably talked about bull riding, bull riding before soon. that when I went to Cowboy Con. So. Bruce and Bull Riding coming roll. soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another quick thing, I'm just reading this now. Apparently, uh, according to NHL.com, this is the first time that the or sorry, the Bruins rather have not lost against the Islanders on the road since 2013. So they've got a nice little streak going there in Long Island. That's in, in Long Island, I was I was at a uh, a Bruins away game against the Islanders. I want to say 2017, 2016. Which was a lot of fun. There was a there was a big line brawl that game actually. That was when McQuaid was there, I believe. I, I think those were good old days when skilled hockey players were on the team. The last <laughs> Bruins game I went to was also against the Islanders in Long Island. So oh, maybe, maybe we were at the same game. <laughs> Who knows? It's fate. Uh, my <laughs> it fate. my last one was against the Kings on Los Angeles. On Los An- on Los Angeles in Long Island. That's <laughs> we're just gonna flip those from now on. <laughs> permanently all right tampa bay was the big game this past week a nice two to one victory um you know what you guys got to say about that you suck it tampa (laughs) (laughs) all right on to the next one now uh yeah another another good win definitely a playoff kind of vibe especially later on in the game um bruins were really kind of hanging on there in the third period it looked like tampa might equalize eventually uh, I think Ras played again a really good game. I think he only had like twenty saves about. Um, but he definitely came up in the big moments. He had that breakaway stop. I forget who it was. It was Anthony Sorelli actually, I'm just reading it now. But overall I think, you know, kinda would hope for a little bit more in the third period, but again, it kinda had that playoff vibe where you're up a goal and you're just really trying to hang on. You're gonna see a lot more of that uh, as we move our way into the spring, so I think a a good win there. Yeah, very if much you hear a playoff any vibe. in the background. That's that's not me. That's the dog that I'm holding in this uh, carrier next to me. Because 
he's a little monster and he'll bark if i don't pay attention I, to him i, at I thought all you times, ate them for dinner <laughs> we got to get these dogs cam suggestion <laughs> we uh, jokingly i'm a dog owner so i'm big dog guy fuck cats um <laughs> I, w- I was a dog owner until like a month and a half ago or yeah, something that's sad that's yeah that's a tough vibe sorry man if we had uh, this video podcast i think we would be at least up to number 130 on the hockey podcast and chris could just hold up the dog the whole time and i think our viewership <laughs> would easily double but or dogs you could do both we'll be so. streaming on twitch soon enough <laughs> uh, in, in yeah, regards we <laughs> Go ahead, say your piece before we, I we talk have four, about the We have Bruins. four dogs in this apartment, so uh, I could make them all stars. They're actually going to be the guest when Chris is gone. It's going to be his dogs instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So what I'm going to say about the Bruins, considering that that's what we're here for. <laughs> dogs are always great, too. We'll do a dog episode. But um, it was very much a playoff uh, intensity, and... I mean, it was close throughout, even when the Bruins had the lead. You know, it's it's Tampa, another hot team, and always seemed to, I mean, I wouldn't say really a curse, but always a tough team for the Bruins to beat the past six, seven seasons, it feels like. Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, like that good. Was, yeah, right? It's weird. <laughs> but I think I think particularly against the, uh, the Bruins have had trouble with the, uh, clearly Columbus didn't last year. But... They, uh, it's obviously a big win considering where they are in the standings and having that confidence boost going into the playoffs where you're potentially going to have to face them. It's big. And of course they have another game coming up against them this weekend, which we'll preview later. But yeah, I think that's a, if not for the, uh, for the standings, that's a huge confidence boost. Yeah. A couple other quick things about the game. First of all, that Jake DeBrusco was filthy. I think that snapped mm-hmm. a ten game points or point list streak for him. Um we've talked about it a couple times on this podcast before. He's a really streaky guy, so hopefully this can kinda give him the bump and get him going on a hot run there. But that was a really impressive goal. And on the flip side of that, uh the Bruins held Nikita Kucherov pointless for the first time in nineteen games. So good job wow. locking down on him. Yeah, what a pointless player he is. Yeah, garbage he doesn't win the big games. <laughs> Sounds uh, yeah, I, I you saw there was some there were some fisticuffs. Um just a good like grinded out game, definitely two teams that understand where they are in the standings and what these kinds of games mean toward getting that home ice advantage. I know there's like the president's trophy curse or whatever, but Every team wants to be that number one team going into the playoffs. Yeah, and the Bruins definitely stake their claim on that, and we'll see how it how it goes next time around. But yeah, I mean, just having having that kind of a big defensive game against such a potent offensive team is really impressive. Um, of course, there was that goal that was wiped off the board, which I don't think will be wiped off the board in the future, just based on where the offside review is going. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I think that was pretty impressive showing. Yeah, if, you, if you're wondering how intense it actually was, Krejci was credited with a single hit, which... That's, that's big time. <laughs> I mean, he's taking on that new enforcer role. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's really yeah, stepping Because he's a fourth-line center. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, anything, anything else about that one? 
I think I think I'm good to go into uh, the takes on the table. I, Wait, how are we going to review the Florida game that hasn't happened yet? Uh, well, I, I, it's more like we mentioned that it's about to be happening while we're recording. Well, we'll we'll give some live commentary. I'll do my Doc Emmerich impression. If one of a you shot! can do a good <laughs> shot. Scores! What go. a fucking goal! Um, <laughs> if if Doc Emmerich uh, swore, yeah, you know how <laughs> Doc Emmerich talks. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, we'll talk about that next week. Just wanted to mention that it's going on now. So we Bruins, Panthers, coming up next. <laughs> you can edit that out. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's for the people. Mine yeah. sucked, too. Are you kidding me? My cousin does if, – if you're listening, Eric, he does a really good one. It's, it's impressive, to say the least. Shout out, Eric. Yeah, we'll have him on just for hey, that. Hey, what's up, Eric? I'll, I'll I'll call him later and record it, and I'll I'll shove it in here, just his his impression, and pretend it's mine. Well, you just gave yourself away, but you know, I'm editing this week. <laughs> That's true. <don't> do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually gonna be only Drew. I'm just gonna the the clip that I'm recording right now. That's all that's going up. There's just gonna be awkward silence. Gonna be that on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right. Krug, contract is something we plan to discuss, and we'll do so in three, two, one. Clap. Everybody yell your takes at the same time. <laughs> Freeze <laughs> item! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, I feel like... Hey, uh, he sucks, bro. I think uh, I think you gotta think you got to let him go. Uh, not, not much. Uh, he doesn't play much on the defensive end, and I don't think he's, uh, he's ever going to be any good. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta let him go so you can re-sign Nordstrom, Joachim Nordstrom. <laughs> Keep him around, and Chara, and Chara. <laughs> Chara's going until he's two hundred years old. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Tori Krug is like more. I guess this is every Bruin actually when you think about it, but is like more divisive than he should be among Bruins fans. Like, I get he's not like your Brandon Carlo on defense, but like. The guy produces. He runs like one of the best power plays in the league. He's someone you want to keep around if you can get him at the right price. I don't think any of us are going to argue that. The question, of course, is what exactly is that price and term going to look like? Yeah, and the defensive side where you said he's not a Brandon Carlo, it's kind of why Brandon Carlo's on his unit. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a similar situation to Chara and McAvoy where – I mentioned this some episode, I don't know which one, where McAvoy makes up for all of Chara's weaknesses, which is stuff like skating and having the puck on his stick. Uh, <laughs> you know, pretty skating, much anything besides passing. his reach. <laughs> and so Krug does the same thing for Carlo, and Carlo covers his ass in the defensive end. And that's, like, that's a system the Bruins have been running for a couple of years now, where you had... Uh, Grizzlick and Miller, Grizzlick and Moore, Grizzlick and whoever, Grizzlick covering that offensive side and whoever the hell is to his right running that other side. So, um, yeah, I I agree. He's pretty not decisive, divisive. Yeah, that's the word. Um, <laughs> and kind of the same thing when you think about it, not decisive and divisive. <laughs> Indecisive and divisive. Tory Krug, episode number five of Bruins Bruins. Um, yeah, I, but numbers, there was something reported that he wanted or something. Uh, 
think it was six years, 49, 39. Can somebody do the math for me on that one? I, uh, I, I don't know what the number officially is. That's the it's problem. It's less than yeah, let's seven. Do some, let's do some real my, uh, math on some hypothetical numbers. Um, oh, God. Get, I'm going to get my calculator. Be 8.17 million. Oh, never mind. I Oh, wait. So you said six years? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's no way I don't think the Bruins pay him more than seven, seven and a half. I think he yeah. could get eight plus if he leaves Boston. Oh, but I also sure. don't think he wants to. And he's been pretty adamant over the past year or so, especially through this offseason, about how he's, he wants to stay in Boston. I mean, he's a guy who loves the city. Um, it's really the team that gave him a shot, and he's grown here quite a bit into the player he is. So I think he is going to be willing to take a discount. It's just whether or not you know the Bruins front office and his camp can agree on exactly how much that discount should be. It's a good point. Who's Pretty got much exactly what I think? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, what, uh, I th- I think it will be in the seven and a half region. Um, and in terms of taking that hometown discount, I mean, he's from Michigan, so it's either like, do you want to be in Boston or are you with your hometown Detroit Red Wings? You know, yeah. so uh, I I think definitely wants to stick in Boston because a he's hey, Ben Green's gone. They're looking for a power play quarterback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to go to Detroit? <laughs> Period. Let alone hockey. Uh, Chillax and uh, Little Caesars Arena. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, he's been here his whole career. They found him as an undrafted player and had, uh, but you know, believed in him, had hopes for him, and uh, you got to love that if you're Krug. Plus, a winning organization that got to Game 7 last season of the Stanley Cup Final and is possibly going to get the President's Trophy this year and make another push. Why wouldn't you? Even, even if there's a, for, God forbid, a first or second round exit, why wouldn't you? This team is built to win in the next couple of years, so they, they, they'll they be competitive for good another, I mean, until basically Bergeron's done, you know, so. Yeah, I, I get the feeling just from what I've heard over the past several years of Tory Krug being in that locker room is that he is the type of guy, if he went somewhere else, he could wear the C. He's that kind of voice in the room. And a guy like that isn't looking to cash in on as much money as he want, like as much as he can get. Um, and he he's made it pretty clear he loves it in Boston. Don't see that kind of guy just kind of jetting. But if the Bruins do make him an insulting offer way below market, uh, then I'm yeah, I, he's well within his rights to do that. Uh, but somehow, uh, whether it be. Uh, Sweeney or Chiarelli they've gotten guys who are at the top of the roster to take pretty steep discounts and I mean I don't know if he's going below seven but yeah Uh, seven and a half seems seems reasonable and and he also doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's like I need to be the highest paid player on this team no so I'm what we're hearing is that the cap's going up relatively significantly next year yeah. and the Bruins have this extra cap space so as long as it's not hamstringing to the the Bruins ability to sign other players and and re-sign their RFAs I think Krug's fine taking 
like a pretty decent chunk of that cap uh and it, it'd be dumb of him to <laughs> not get paid what he's worth because it, you look at how many teams are out there who have this stagnant power play who could use a quarterback like that uh th- there are teams who would be willing to pay him a lot of money yeah with the uh with the cap going up i'm thinking you know crew comes in at eight eight plus bruins come in at seven a little over seven and they find some middle ground seven and a half seven point seven five you know something like that yeah chris what you were saying about um you know he doesn't seem like the type of guy who's really gonna make too much of a fit i guess over a little bit extra money i was reading earlier he had i forget who it was so else i'd plug the outlet but they're a big name outlet so whatever they don't have to get our plug um when Mookie Betts obviously went, or I, he didn't sign with the Dodgers, obviously was traded, but because of the potential for negotiations this coming offseason with the Red Sox, blah, 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 and pretty much Krug's comments were like, no, you know, I'm not going to criticize him for it or anything like that. I respect it. He's getting what it's worth. But he also pretty much said, you know, when you make as much money as we do, and granted there's a huge difference between what Tory Krug is going to make and what Mookie Betts is going to make, but regardless, they're all doing fine. He pretty much was saying, when you're making as much as we do, it's not always about getting that little extra bit. You know, it's about being somewhere you like being and having a chance to win. And unless he just has, like, a crazy good PR scheme going on, it seems like he really is the type of genuine player who cares just as much about where he is and how his team can perform as he does about making money. So I would be surprised uh, if if they don't work something out, assuming the Bruins don't swing too low, which I don't think they will. I think they recognize his value, and I think they'll work out something and he'll be one of the highest paid players in the Bruins and probably rightfully so. Um but I still think he will he'll take likely some be sort of the discount. highest paid player on the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with how the cap, like we said, is increasing. What did they say how I think I read like six mil or something like that allegedly. I don't know if I mean obviously nothing's set in stone yet, but it's at it, like set it's at like seventy nine right now. What's it at right now? I think it's at like I thought it was at like eighty Maybe, yeah. I think and the report it, said like 82 it's supposed to go up to, to 84. 84. All right, so it's up to, to 81.5 million. Okay. And it's supposed to go up to like, I guess, 84 minimum, maybe? It was 84 to 88. Okay. Yeah, I knew 84 was in there. Change, I didn't know yeah. if that was the max or min it would go up to. So, but okay. also, look, this is, take it with a grain of salt, because last year they said the cap was going to be like 3 million higher than it ended up being, so. Yeah, you never really know until it's official. But obviously the Shots Bruins are playing it goes higher because that gives them a lot more room to work uh, with guys like Tory Krug, among the other unrestricted free agents who we kind of talked a little bit about last episode, but I'm sure we'll discuss that more as the season progresses. So, uh, One more thing I'll say about the Krug contract is that, you know, we're talking numbers a lot lengthwise. Six is the number I've seen a lot, and I think that would be – what he gets, he turns 29 on April 12th. So happy playoffs to Tory Krug when that comes around. Uh, yeah, I will say if he if he wants eight years, that's uh, that's that's a reach. Yeah, he's no, have to, no, no. He's gonna have to take a pretty steep discount on yeah. the AAV if he wants that. Yeah, no, I think you're looking at six, potentially five if he. I mean, if he expects to digress by the time he's 35, maybe he wanted. Uh, until he's 34 or something and then still get like a decent payday on the other end of that uh, we'll see but i'm th- i'm thinking six 
Yeah, just based on the type of player he is, I would expect. Because again, he he's he's a guy who is a power play quarterback. Chris mentioned last week he thinks his speed is a little overrated. It probably is, but he's still a pretty quick guy. Um, you know, his his play is not going to be quite the same. I would imagine when he's thirty five years old. Feel free to prove me wrong, Tory Krug, but. I imagine he's going to dip a little bit over the next six years, but he's a yeah. I I think his game is one of those that it's going to be like he's he's not he's nowhere in the same range as like Brad Marchand with like skill with the puck, but he's got the same kind of ability to move it without being super fast. Like they have the same level of quickness, and I mean those kinds of things age pretty well. So I, I think his type of game can age better than most guys with his skill set. That said, yeah, you don't want to be trotting out a 37-year-old Tory Crew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I you think... Know, we're talking like John Michael Lyles-style player. I, th- I think in, in four years you see Krug on the second power play unit, McAvoy on the first. Yeah, or I also think Grizzlick's a sleeper. He moves the puck really I well. Was gonna, I was going to mention Grizzlick as as a guy that a lot of people mention when saying they want to trade or not re-sign Krug because mm. you basically have the same guy waiting. Uh, you got to re-sign not, both. Not, this not the same guy, uh, but I, I think Matt Grizzly is a, is a really good defensive defenseman for his size and does give you a little bit of that, that offensive spark. Um, more of like a a guy who can skate the puck out of the defensive zone than a guy who creates with passing or anything like that. But yeah, I, I don't see him as a future power play quarterback, but he can do it on the second unit. Yeah, I agree. I think pretty much no matter what, barring something really strange, I think McAvoy is the future number one, both for the team overall, but also for that first power play unit. I think he's the guy that you're projecting to be in that slot you know, mm-hmm. over the next few years. Agreed. Yeah, and that should do uh, wonders for his, uh, his scoring numbers that people <laughs> keep complaining about. Yeah, they, hey, they're climbing. They're climbing. He's going to reach that six, like I talked about last episode. All right, what do we uh, think about how Kasha and Richie played in their first few games as Bruins? I think Richie has impressed me at least – for for the expectations that I set for them, I think Richie has impressed me a little bit more than Kasha. I don't think Kasha's been bad, but I'll say I think Richie has been better than I expected him to be, I guess is what I'm saying. I haven't noticed Kasha at all, which is a problem. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's early. It's very early. It's been, what, three games for him now? I think for by the time this is out, I know. Florida. I know Richie has one more under his belt. He's gonna score a hat trick tonight. <laughs> you know, quesadilla, he is, quesadilla. The party don't start till he skates in. Inside, <laughs> inside joke. Unless you listen to all of our episodes, literally an inside joke that I don't even remember. 
I called him Quesadilla in I'm, episode I'm four. surprised you remember it, Drew, just based on how that episode <laughs> went. I think at the at the beginning, I was the most sober, and at the end, I was the most drunk. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I would assume you drank. <laughs> I think well, you yes, were just trying but to I don't know how I leapfrogged you guys. I think it was the double Could IPAs. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't really. working hard to like stay drunk while we were recording. <laughs> Yeah, you were already there, and then like I was, I started drinking like halfway through the third period of that game, and yeah, I drank, I drank like uh, I think I had tecates. Yeah, I had some like very light beers, and I wasn't Tecate. really. Yeah, um, uh, the IPAs were for the game. The tecates were for after the game. But By the now, way, now we drink in IPAs. I'm gonna crack open a Corona. Because thirty-eight oh, percent of Americans refuse to drink Corona now. <laughs> that is uh, laughable. So, <laughs> so, so I'm I gonna did, defy them. I did bring that up at work, and someone mentioned that. Uh, let's all crack beers at the same time. Uh, solidarity. Uh, and someone mentioned that I should look up the follow-up articles to that, in which uh, apparently the reason why thirty-eight percent of Americans refuse to drink corona right now is because like some ridiculously high percentage of americans even before coronavirus already hated corona and refused to drink it i i I don't get i mean like i'm not you know gonna sit here and act like it's the best beer in the world but like i feel like it's a pretty solid beer like i enjoy it you know it's nice it gives me like a nice beachy like just crack one open when it's cold outside and i'm like pretend i'm on a beach and you you know it's yeah not not to do our second corona review on this podcast (laughs) but i I think it's a pretty tough right. hang if you don't have a lime. Nobody, uh, nobody listened to the first one anyway. It's fine. No, I think there. Lime. I think there are better Mexican beers. Uh, oh, for sure, for sure. Pacifico is is cheaper and I think better. But Corona is gluten free. Also, I don't have any more Coronas left, so that whole thing was a lie. I'm going oh, to drink so a Voodoo Ranger. Is that gluten free? It's an Imperial IPA. No, neither was the Aeronaut that I just drank. See, it's an intolerance, so I can handle a couple and just regret it tomorrow, and it's no big yeah. deal. It's not like the uh, you know people who are celiac, where you, you're just puking and like it might die. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have friends who have celiac disease. It's so I could have like a, I could have a slice of pizza, but I'd rather cash it in on beer. You know. So yeah, interesting. Do, do you eat pizza every once in a while, just to like? I, the only time I'll do that is if, like, say I'm, like, stoned with my friends and there's nothing gluten-free and I'm super hungry, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> what about gluten-free pizza? You ever go for oh, that? Oh, glu- there's some gluten, uh, good gluten-free pizza out I've there. Heard that, it actually, basically yeah. tastes like, it tastes like thin crust pizza okay. if you put a I lot of toppings it. on it. Like, if you're just getting a cheese, I wouldn't recommend it, but I'll get, like, I'll get like chicken broccoli Alfredo. I'll get sausage, onion, pepper. And oh yeah, it's really like a like chicken. a really heavy like topping. Yeah, 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 yeah. You put a good amount of toppings on there, and it, it, you, you can't. I, I mean, taste it. Who's eating thin crust plain cheese pizza anyway? Is what I want to know. Yeah, they belong in prison. Also, also, <laughs> it doesn't taste. Usually, things that are gluten free don't taste any different. It's more the texture. Like gluten. Not to make this a gluten podcast, but really quickly, gluten is. It's basically bread, so it's what has things stick together. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that and you're using, like, potato or rice, it, it breaks yeah. apart. So that, that's basically the difference is the texture, not necessarily the, the, the I've, taste. I've heard that, like, 
something like cauliflower like bound with egg is a pretty good like crust substitute cauliflower is pretty good uh uno's has that now. or no 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 bertucci's uno's places have cauliflower Bertucci's <laughs> a, a massachusetts uh, oh, there based you go. I used Franchise, to work so. at Bertucci. Shout out to the Reading Bertucci's, <laughs> Reading, Massachusetts. <laughs> my uh, my high school woodshop teacher did the, like carved the sign for the Bertucci's in Amherst, Massachusetts. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Fun, fun fact. facts. If, if you're uh, if you're around UMass and want to know who did the Bertucci's sign, <laughs> hit Chris up. He'll be at Cowboy Con next year. Yeah. Uh, he'll be on the road next couple weeks though. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm hitting the road. It'll be slow, though, because, uh, you know, Pony Express is very slow. <laughs> uh, what the fuck are we talking about? Kasha and Richie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so any more takes? That's how bad that I didn't, Andre I didn't Kasha think is. I said he's going to talk about gluten now. <laughs> I, mentioned, I mentioned that I called him quesadilla last episode. Then I mentioned Corona, and we went on a huge thing. Um yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I've heard I've heard Richie's name more than Kasha's name. Haven't really heard Kasha at all. Uh, so, I mean, that's Richie, a little bit of an indicator. I so think, I think Richie, go ahead. Sorry, not to like totally cut you off, but I yeah, fuck you. Forgot what I was gonna say the first time, so you can go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about Richie that I I saw when the Bruins traded for him is that uh, Danton Heinen was in like the bottom two percent for like penalty minutes per 60 or whatever and nick ritchie like top of the league basically and not for fighting mostly just for tripping people because he's slow and they skate by him uh and he did that he did (laughs) he uh (laughs) so i did see that and that was a negative thing but he uh other than that, has been a pretty positive force out there. I've never understood people who like boast penalty minutes as like a positive thing. <laughs> like, it's a com- it's a common like fantasy stat that you want to win. Yeah, I don't get that. Like, why? Why would you want somebody with? I mean, I get like, oh, they fight people. Like, cool. It, it still doesn't help your team that much. Sorry, but, Joe. But Haggerty, that's not like, it anymore. Yeah, like <laughs> Joe Haggerty's gonna come and like kill me. But it's like it's not that. I mean, fighting it has its value, I guess, or whatever. But like. <laughs> in total penalty minutes aren't helping your team they are quite literally doing the opposite so like i don't understand why that's like like i I'll like see stat lines and it's like you know 13 goals and 26 assists but he had 500 penalty minutes so i'm like all right like why man that's should, a hell of a game yeah. Yeah, well not in the game you know what i mean i mean like over the course of like a season or i'm just or dying at the <laughs> idea of of joe haggerty listening to this podcast and like taking out his earbuds and taking out his earrings and like putting on his walking <laughs> shoes and putting on his jacket Put and he's like all right i got to go kill cam now <laughs> <laughs> right, like, he actually i didn't shout me I, he, you know how we ever seen those like articles he does where he's like he like compiles things from like Bruins no, because I don't oh, follow put, him on Twitter, your, and yeah, I don't, don't like, read his articles. Like, I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean, because whenever the hockey writers would get on something like that, it would be it would be talked about within our Slack. Yeah, well, he, he put one on, and he was like, oh, like, thanks to Cam Hasbrook from the hockey writers for pu- doing something. And I was like, oh, Joe, you probably don't want to see what I've said about you on. So, <laughs> so what, did you did you get a blue check mark after that or something? No, or? I don't think I'm ever going to get a blue check mark. I want to be the first thing one to we, get a different colored check mark. Good thing we edited your words about Joe Haggerty out of the last episode. By we, I mean you. <laughs> that was pre-pod. 
I don't know if I, 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 I just remember what I said, and I'm glad that's. No, I mean, there. like I'll, be, I'll give him like I, you know, he's he's been there for a while. I have no, I have no like quarrels with him, like as a person. <laughs> I love how I the, 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 like, <laughs> the greatest praise you have for this guy is he's been there for a while. <laughs> I just disagree with a lot of his takes. That's all it is, specifically when it comes to enforces, like. If we're getting into it already. Congratulations, Joe I'm Haggerty. Sorry. You've been there for a while. <laughs> Joe, if you're listening to this, bro, I'm sorry. He's, like, he's got tenure. Like, <laughs> like, he actually, we were discussing this off pod last week, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be talked about now. He actually credited the win the other day for David Krejci fighting. And I was like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like like what you said, like, you know, Brad Marchand makes a sick feed backdoor or was it McAvoy? Who it, was, it was Charlie McAvoy. McAvoy he's feeding like... the backdoor. And he's like, well, I wasn't going to score, but. I guess since David Krejci got in a fight, I'll bang it home now. It's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I uh, I have no I have no problem with him as a person, really, because I don't know him as yeah, a person. Yeah, I mean, I don't, maybe I would. Him. I don't know him. Yeah, but he. Hey, you know what? I'll come out and say it. I don't like him as a person, even though I don't know him. He. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Come I after actually, me, I almost had our I'm first Bruce Brood spit take right there. Take I almost spit all on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't like that he does a lot of clickbait. He does but have a lot of clickbait. I'll give you like that. a lot. Yeah, like not Speaking even of just clickbait. like once in a while, just a, a lot. Speaking of clickbait, I got an inside joke for uh, BSC over here. Brandon, uh, the king of clickbait, shouts to you, man. <laughs> uh, BSC, he, what a, a he, he had one. Du- he had one dude on the hockey writers who would just like probably still is, but would like every time he wrote an article would get he would just comment and be like dude this is like the worst clickbait i've ever seen just stop making clickbait and be like <laughs> the tamest headline yeah like. i was gonna say i feel like that's <laughs> the opposite of what bsc does guy's a champ let's talk some tukarask because he's been fucking great and i feel like there's we were talking earlier about Krejci being a, not a decisive, but or sorry, Krug, and Krejci too, not a decisive but a divisive player, and uh, I think Tuka Rask is exactly that in Boston. But he has had a stellar season. I mean, going further back, he had an amazing playoff run in second half of the season last year. This season, he's been on fire, especially lately. Um, and he is definitely in the Vesna conversation, not just amongst Bruins fans, but the NHL in general. I think I saw, I think it was like NHL.com had him at second. There was some poll among the uh, among the writers who would vote for that. Yeah, so was it Vasilevsky who went first in that? It was, was Vasilevsky, it? then Tuka. Which is ridiculous. Then... Yeah, that's just wrong. Uh, who was the third? It's bugging me now. Was it Ben Bishop? No, it wasn't. Oh, uh, yeah, it was Bishop. It was Bishop. For a second, when you said that, I was thinking Bennington. But, yeah, no, 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 it was Bishop. No, definitely not Bennington because no. he's been bad. No, for sure. <laughs> but when you said Ben Bishop, I was like, Bennington, that starts with a B. Yeah, for some quick comparison. <laughs> That's what goes through my mind on a daily basis. <laughs> Vasilevsky has a 915 save percentage and 261 goals against. Tuga has a 928 save percentage and 213 goals against. And shutouts, Tuka has four. Vasilevsky has two. I don't even know how anyone... I mean, granted, those aren't like the say-all, be-alls of stats. But for goaltenders, those are like the ones you look at first. And Tuga is among the top in the league so, for both. 
or literally what it is is that is that Vasilevsky has played 10 more games than Tuca and has 33 wins whereas Tuca has 25 wins and which we've I, already I think talked that's about like like yeah. literally the only stat that people look at is oh man uh respectable save percentage uh so oh how many wins you got oh a lot. oh we got so many wins <laughs> um and when you're looking at Ben Bishop I, I I don't think people were as on board with putting him ahead of Tuka but 21 wins versus Tuka's 25 and lower goals against and save percentage so yeah, I think the big argument against Tuca is that games played with Halak getting a lot of starts, which is kind of what the goalie situation in Boston is kind of based around, where you have Halak who plays like a starter. And not that you're splitting the starts 50-50, but he is certainly, Halak is getting more starts than the common backup goaltender on any other team. So I think that is definitely something people consider. But yeah, you can't just look at wins uh, and also, I mean, it's not the Vesna at all, but I mean, I, I guess is it based on a stat that that award that goes to the two goaltenders on the team, the tandem, is that based on like save percentage or is it actually just like they vote who they think the best tandem was for the year? I, have I no don't idea. think it's save percentage. I think it's goals goals against. against. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. I well, think it's it, the total team goals against. Okay, so. All right. Well, I guess I don't know the stats on that. I was going to say, if it's just like a choice who your best tandem is, it's it's Tuca and Halak for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. But I guess that's the only argument is the games played for Rask. Otherwise, I mean, I don't know why he, he well, wouldn't win it. It's a stupid argument, too, well, because... Yeah. So, eight wins is a, is a big difference, but the bigger difference is in all of the other statistics and those are the more important ones and how many more games does Vasilevsky have 10 oh 10 okay so yeah i feel like if you look at their winning percentages obviously Vasilevsky will still have it a little bit higher with the difference in games played versus wins but like it's not gonna be that far off and again tuga's got more yeah. shutouts still and Vasilevsky's played 10 more games so like Whatever. I don't know. Vasilevsky has a I, higher I, shootout save percentage, so maybe that has something. It, it, should be, it should be stated that these stats are as of Thursday before the Bruins game and Tampa's playing tonight. So yeah, I mean, just Hawks a, and a so it just Everybody ignore this when Vasilevsky has a shutout and Tuka gives up eight goals. Yeah, a shutout with, like, 50 saves. If Tuka gives up eight <laughs> yeah. goals. Tuka goes 25 for 30. If Tuka gives up eight <laughs> goals in a game that Halak starts, the Bruins have much bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um I did want to ask a question though. I I was thinking of a broader question, but I think I'll narrow it for this specific podcast because we are running low on the basically unlimited time we have. Uh Tuka Hall of Famer or not? Uh if he gets a cup. I think that's a difference maker. Yeah, not to say, I, I I'm not and important. I'm not with those people who's uh he doesn't win the big games or, you know, whatever. But I'm saying I think that's almost a necessity. There are great players <laughs> who play on shitty teams, and, yes, they they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But I think he needs that ring in order to actually make it there. He technically does have a cup. Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, he was he was backup. I, I think he needs a cup He as wasn't a the backup for the regular season, though. Yeah, but it's 
it's like an I understand. Iffy I, cup. I don't. It's, I don't wait. It's it so same, iffy that I, I nearly I forgot he was you. on the team for that cup. <laughs> yeah, I so, do. I do agree with you, but I, I do. So I, what I was thinking is, if he gets the Vezina this year, and even if he doesn't win another cup, if he gets the Vezina this year and finishes out his career in the next like two, three years, strong, and doesn't have like a big tail off, then I think he probably is a hall of famer because he is i think still the current active leader in save percentage he's, and goals against he's the all-time or tied with dominic hashik for all-time leader in save percentage in 922 and i think not bad which again isn't a perfect stat there's no such thing as a perfect stat but like you look at the top save percentage names, is pretty good it's a pretty good stat large sample size and you look at the names like number one dominic hashik number two tuga rass number three ken dryden ben bishop tim thomas anton kudobin apparently is tied for six so maybe not the best example there but for the most part no, it's just all bruins goals. Yeah, it's just like i don't know uh, for the most part though like it's a it's a pretty reliable stat i think when you're looking at you know all stats are arbitrated to some extent but it's a pretty good one yeah, also just flashing back to that 2011 season or 2010-2011. Um, as I recall, and I was in middle school at the time, so I was in eighth grade when they won the cup. So take this with a grain of salt because my memory goes as far back as maybe last week. But the um, I recall Rask losing that first game. There were two games in Europe. Rask lost the first, and I think he looked like shit. And then Thomas got a shutout, I believe, in the second. And then in my heart, in my dear old heart, Thomas was the starter from then on. But I don't, I don't know the stats. I don't know how many games Tuka Rester. But regardless. I, I just meant he, like, he, he went through the regular season as the starter. And he was the starter in the previous season as well. Yeah. And then that flipped the following season back to Thomas. And then Rask took it back because Thomas well, was yeah, like, you, I don't want to be a, traded. You, you win a cup as a as the con Smythe winner, yeah, you're going to be the no, starting for sure, goaltender for sure. No, I'm not arguing against that. <laughs> well, let's go back and relitigate this. Who should have been the starting goaltender 2011-12 <laughs> years <season>? ago? <laughs> no, um, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it flip flops, so I fucking forget. Um, but yeah, I think I'll stand by my point where he needs to win another to get into that Hall of Fame, or as you were saying, maintain that maintain that record, um, or tied for the record with raw uh I, I, I do i do think it's tough to like look at the all-time save percentages and see where tuka is and just be like nah not this guy yeah he just he needs to maintain it how old is he 32 without looking he's about the same age as the like crazy bergeron group so i think i think around yeah. 30 oh bergeron's 30, older 31. bergeron's 34 i think he's 33 i think he's 34 Oh shit! Let's do a. Fact you know check what? Here. This I think this is his thirty-four-year-old season, so he's recently thirty-four. Oh shit! Yeah, he's thirty-four. Woo! And you guys right voted around... for Cam as your favorite fucking host. You bastard! Right around my birthday. Damn, I didn't even see that. I just knew you guys were ahead of me. Yeah, Cam Which wound is up with the final, but it was 56%. They all suck. <laughs> no, it was 57%. They all oh, suck. Oh, wound up seven. Wow. Yeah. Well, 38% of people don't drink Corona, so. I made a, uh, I made those... a hard charge toward the end. <laughs> so where, 100% of those like, people voted they like all Like two suck. people <laughs> voted for me toward the end. 
and it saved me from being it like was you it was behind bots. you guys it, it was bots that you made that voted for it, yeah <laughs> I, I voted for they all suck so <laughs> oh yeah me too sure sure i voted for that as well <laughs> i gave myself Cam, you a are uh you're muted right now, man. Sorry there. Andre Kasha and Evgeny Dadinov just had a nasty knee-on-knee little thing going on. And actually, oh. it looks like it was very much not on purpose. Kasha was just kind of cutting. Like, Dadinov brought the puck up the wing and kind of dumped it in. And Kasha was just turning, and they kind of ran into each other. But apparently, Florida ended up with a power play. So, I don't know. Is, exactly is DeBrusque in the box for him? Yeah. No, Kasha went right off, so that's not good. Uh. So I think we may have actually jinxed him in the wrong direction there, yeah. So sorry, Kasha. But So Kasha is absolutely filthy going back, and I'll edit this back into that conversation. Yeah, he is amazing. So good. And, oh, worth, he, he was worth three first-round picks. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the two-year thing, though. I do think that if he can win a cup, I think it puts him pretty much decisively over the edge. Oh, he's shooing then. Yeah, I think he... Really, you have a, you could make a strong argument for him regardless, but I think across the league, when you look at writers and everybody who's voting for it, I think him winning one more cup pretty much makes it unquestionable. Yeah, um, that solidifies if it. If he doesn't, I still think you can make a very good argument, but I think if he wins, there's, there's pretty much no doubt. Yeah, cool. I, I agree. It's kind of like this middle ground or... Um, or kind of leaning towards yes, but if he wins the cup, it's it's a yeah. for sure thing. I personally think it that for it's going to require him to win the cup for him to actually make it through. I think you know based on statistics and all that, yes, he should if he maintains this level of play through the rest of his career. But if if he wins that cup, I think I think that's what it's going to take. Yeah, in this humble hockey writer's opinion, as Joe Haggerty would say. <laughs> uh yeah um <laughs> yeah <laughs> my my initial question was going to be how many active uh future hall of famers do the bruins have right now but we can save that for another pod bergeron chara pasternak maybe marshawn i think i feel those like, are just on the top off the yeah, top of my head i feel like i mean yeah those are the like unless Charlie McAvoy has an insane career, which obviously he could, but it's hard to project that right now. But yeah, I think the toughest one is Marshawn. Yeah, 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 because he's such he's got that reputation. But now that he's in a hundred, a one hundred point player last season, you could do that. But yeah, no, I I think this episode will be two hours if we start off on yeah. this tangent. So I suppose follow us at Bruise and Bruins on Twitter and let us know your opinion. <laughs> And then we'll tell you you're wrong. Yeah. We'll tell you you're wrong on next episode. Where I've never experienced you. I've never experienced anything more difficult for my just awful attention span than trying to podcast while watching a hockey game while I'm streaming. Yeah, see, the, the the benefit for me is it's behind me on my TV, <laughs> so I have to actually look away. So basically when I'm talking, I'm completely focused, but I don't know anything you guys have said for the past, like, ten minutes. So. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's usually well, what the happens. thing I pick up on one. Yeah, usually my <laughs> I usually don't remember what you guys say anyway because I'm just so distracted by, like, okay, let's look up a stat right now. The main <laughs> thing I said was uh, let's table this discussion for another podcast, and then we went on with it. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. So the next thing we were going to talk about is our listener listener questions because we got to Rask, we got to Krug, we got to Case or Keshe. Fuck, Quesadilla. Keshe. And, <laughs> and Richie. Um, let's get to some listener questions. So first one is from Mark Allred, who. You're going to read this whole thing? Yes. <laughs> I think that's kind of the point of the listener question, yeah. <laughs> yes. And but I want to say Mark uh from Black and Gold podcast and uh their website Black and Gold uh blackandgoldhockey.com. Uh he has been very much promoting us, very much a dedicated listener and I just want to thank him for uh his publicity and uh, his enthusiasm about this. Uh yeah, yeah. thanks Mark, but you only get like 120 characters per question. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old Twitter rules. <laughs> no, thanks, Mark. <laughs> but Mark said, many like myself are predicting Jack Sundica to be a permanent fixture in this NHL Bruins lineup. Hashtag NHL Bruins lineup to start next season and a possibility of him getting some time to the uh, to end this season. If that is true, where does he fit? Not a fan of natural centers playing wing. Thanks, guys. So, on you're that, welcome, Mark. You uh, are welcome. First Mark. of all, I do see him getting time at the end of the season because the Bruins are going to be in a position where they can rest players. They will rest Bergeron. They will rest Krejci. They will rest Chara for sure. Chara won't play the last five games of the season, possibly. So I see Jack Stanika getting in on that first pairing defense. <laughs> uh, he'll yeah. be replacing Chara. In five It'll years, be really five weird, years, but we got to see what he's got. The way it's been going in five years, centers will be playing on D for the Bruins. <laughs> but, yeah, I do see him getting time at the end of the season. In terms of next season, you got Coyle, you got Bergeron, and you got Krejci. And I don't well, want him Krejci's on the Well, the fourth-line line. center, so. Yeah, right. No, but in, 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 seri- in all seriousness, I don't want him on the fourth line. So if the if he is to get – playing time next season like a like a basically permanent role i think you see him on the wing possibly yeah, on that second or th- like prob- second or third line probably wing. third possibly the second obviously it depends on how he does but yeah i think he'll be on the wing which is sad because i think i i don't necessarily agree like i hate when they cash is back on the ice by the way oh uh, and there's ooh, a fight going much. on here gents <laughs> Oh, we got a Donnie Brook. This has been brewing up for a while. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, we got Richie okay, yeah, and yeah. Oh, Richie just still a nice right hook. He's going Stillman. <laughs> oh, Richie fires. <laughs> fires a shot. Oh, oh, a oh, shot. Oh, oh, God. He has a family, Richie. Good Lord. All right. Well, uh, I'm assuming everyone's going to have I, I watched watched Whoa, whoa, He's on the ice, man. You don't have to keep I, doing it. I'm five seconds behind. But I, I was like two seconds behind Cam. I, um, I was saying something. <laughs> It, it drew oh okay so Stenica, i'm sure it was okay, the so, most important thing. <laughs> all right so i don't exactly hate that they put centers on the wing because look at march on who was a center in juniors um but in studnica's case i think they're really looking to keep him at center because he could potentially be the guy when that bergeron crechey era is done so i think they really do want to see him at center so it's kind of tricky. I think if he is to play a permanent role next season, it will be on the wing, though. Yeah, no, yeah, I think I, I agree. I think... Oh, I fucked both of <laughs> you. I'm going to talk yeah. more now, both, that you can't to talk. now that you guys can't decide. I'm going to talk more. <laughs> hey, all right, I'm going to go. Uh, <laughs> Please do. So I, I think what I was going to say 
before I was so rudely interrupted. I'm a terrible person. That, uh, <laughs> Boo! <laughs> well, there, there was a period of time when Charlie Coyle was playing up on the second line with Krejci, and I feel like you can use Charlie Coyle yeah. in that role. And That's if, a possibility, if you really, yeah. If you really think that Jackson Nika is your future at center and you want to keep him at center, you can put him on that third line. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, especially for the end of this season if they're resting guys and things like that. Um, I agree with Mark and really both of you guys that I think long-term, at least for now, I would like to see him stay at center, like a, a true, not that we should project him as a number one center or anything, but young, strong defensemen, or defensemen, young, strong centers. Dano Chara's type guy. He's a Dano's replacement. No, I think like young <laughs> stud centers, no pun intended, a little bit of pun intended. I'm not gonna lie. Um, okay, I'm, like, I'm, I'm editing that out. That's fine. That was that's awful. Fine. No, um, Boo. Young young centers like him are, are kind of, I guess. I don't want to say rare because there's a decent number of them, but you know, you always are looking for the next one up, right? Because it is such a valuable position that really you rely on on both ends of the ice. So I think long term, you certainly want to keep him at center. And I think they've talked about that a little bit as they've kind of worked with him over the past year or so. Um, but overall, I think for, like, the end of this season, let's say, or even for some time next season, I don't think it hurts to get him on the wing if that means you're putting him with guys who are going to help him produce on the second or third line as opposed to sticking him down on the fourth line where he's going to get dog shit minutes and he's not going to be working with guys who really are going to be scoring a bunch. I think you, yeah. you're better off putting him on the wing where he can actually produce. I think By the, the way, is, is Halak playing right now? I thought I, I saw Halak. I, yeah, I, yeah. I talked about it earlier, and you guys didn't say shit. I, I mentioned I, it twice. <laughs> I was I was judging based on body language that it was Halak. Cam, you you thinking that we're listening to you talk is a I, huge there's also like an eighty percent chance that my mic was muted because I'm stupid and keep <laughs> coughing, and I'm trying to not have this be a podcast full of me coughing because I don't think there, anyone's gonna listen. There to was it like then. a long. There was a long period of time where you did not talk, and then I noticed you down like in the corner of the video chat talking, and that's when I was like, "Cam, by the way, you're muted." Yeah, so you no, could that have been was... muted for like a long period. I, of time. I probably was. I like was like talking, and it like kind of seemed like you guys were responding, but then I, in hindsight, we were all talking about the same thing, so obviously it sounded like you were responding. But yeah, <laughs> once again, I'm sick, so I keep muting it to like cough or something, and then I'm just too stupid to unmute it, so. Welcome to my life. It's a tough one. Nice one, Drew. Thank you. Mark said um, he likes that. Mark said he likes the belching. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah, no, I actually do recall him saying uh, yeah, that. Yeah. I thought that was a joke at first, but I do recall him saying that now. Anyway, yeah, based on the body language, I thought it was Halak. Is it Halak? Yeah, it is. You got to look at the pads. <laughs> the pads are always the giveaway. That's true. Also, what you were saying about him playing on the wing, I do think at the end of the Halak? season you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halak on the wing. Stunnika He's already got goal. two assists this season, so why not? Stunnika has surpassed uh, Vladar as the future backup. Uh, Vladar as go. the future backup. Anyway, so. What about Stunnika? Jeremy Swayman? Yeah, Jeremy Swayman from UMaine, baby. Yeah, Swayman. No, I'm a huge Swayman guy. Team Swayman. Seriously. Sounds like you didn't remember him. <laughs> I co- No, no. I covered the NCAA at the Hockey Rangers. Let it be known so that this board. is okay, a podcast so- where Cam and I are big Jeremy Swayman fans. <laughs> and Drew hates him. Hates big, him. Big Vladar fan. <laughs> not a big Swayman guy. 
I would when I was Not at Quinnipiac University, <laughs> Swaven played, and I sat in his corner and took videos, and it did well on Twitter, which is the biggest <laughs> indication of the fact that I'm a Swaven guy. <laughs> oh, that's so good. what I was gonna say though, before we get distracted by the game again, is that um, too late? Yeah, uh, Stunica. At the end of this season, when they're resting Bergeron, Krejci, etc., you see him at center. Well, next season, if he is to nail down roll, it is on the wing, and that's my final. That's my final decision. No, that's my final take. On is that. that your final answer? Um, can I phone a friend? Out of time. All right, <laughs> I'll double check that. You're not. You're no Cam. You don't have any friends to phone. Yep. Cam, you're on mute right now. No, no fuck you, bro. You piece of shit. I, t- I took a good look, and I was like, I, for, I was going to hit myself. Wow. You know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going on a mute now. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything else, guys? On well, yeah, we got another We got another question. Oh, yeah, this is the one true. that you specifically mentioned you wanted to go to. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well Court Lalone, a good friend... Of the pod through Bruins Twitter, GFOP as years. they say in Men in Blazes. <laughs> met him uh, and a good friend a... of mine through Bruins Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no, same, but same. but Court, I've met Court multiple times now at Bruins games at the Fours in Boston. We've gotten well, I got hammered. He got kind of <laughs> drunk. <laughs> he made he sure still I still likes you. He made sure I drank water. <laughs> so, he babysat. Let's be honest. You know, it's what a, a good, dad. It's a, yeah. He he's my uncle now, <laughs> and so um, uh, Uncle Court, Uncle alone. So, uh, he asked, "Is Drew's obsession with Zeppelin, and if there are any kids out there, as in Led Zeppelin?" Uh, healthy or spelled unhealthy. wrong, by the way. Yeah, he spelled it wrong, which is very saddening. I wasn't going to mention that, but yikes! So my first triggered tat- my first tattoo ever was a Led Zeppelin, and I'm trying to show it to you guys, but it's a weird place on my arm that I can't. Um, it's his forearm, but yeah, you know forearm, where you get tattoos so in weird places. I have to, like, bend- Weird. I have to bend. Yeah, weirdly. yeah, I see it. It's all the symbols from. Yeah, that. it's the Zosa symbols, and then though the course may change sometimes, rivers always reach the sea. From ten years gone, the song. So in that in that sense, it could be unhealthy if you're against tattoos. Um, if not, I think it's very healthy. My parents raised me on Zeppelin and classic rock in general, and I think it's very healthy. But I I don't even know if you guys know enough about me to judge that (laughs) no so i for you guys (laughs) like i I knew you were a classic rock guy and like i definitely would have identified you as a zeppelin guy but i like wouldn't have been like yeah drew has a an ass tattoo with led zeppelin uh he's got the uh (laughs) houses of the holy album cover on his ass he's got his uh his whole face (laughs) But as soon as so we we needed we had like a, t- a squeeze for episode one where it was like oh shit we need like an intro music, <laughs> and uh, Drew Drew just goes on the internet and he's like all right free music for like open source stuff for the intro music and he plays it and I was like that sounds like the biggest knockoff of rock and roll by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> no, the biggest knockoff of rock and roll by Led Zeppelin is Greta Van Fleet. Which well, actually, yeah. afterwards, Court DM'd me and mentioned Greta Van Fleet, 
Please tell me Greta you think Greta Van Fleet sucks. is garbage. He DM'd me, and it's true. <laughs> yeah, Greta Van Fleet's, like, really bad. I went to a, a music festival where they were playing, and they were probably, like, the third or fourth build act, and I did not see them. I will say that Led Zeppelin truly did, like, basically rip S- off a lot of Steal most of their yes, music. <laughs> but they very much built upon those songs. Yeah, kind of like Ice Ice Baby, right? A little like... <laughs> Greta Van Fleet literally <laughs> plays Led Zeppelin songs and s- kind of changes the lyrics, but half of them are the same because they say burr, 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 whatever, which is a bad impression, <laughs> but you know what I mean. So- yeah! <laughs> oh, ah! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like Led Zeppelin. Uh, I don't think anyone liking Led Zeppelin is a bad thing. Um, I, I think they're obsession, I think they're though, which better is- classic rock acts. But uh, from a musical skill standpoint, hard to find just like a better collection of they of musicians. They're my favorite. They're my favorite classic rock band, and Cage the Elephant is my favorite rock band right now. Oh, Interesting. You and my roommate Lexi would get along very well. Yeah. So she's more of she's more of an ACDC fan, classic rock wise, but she does love Zeppelin and uh, Cage the Elephant's her favorite. The best concert yeah. I ever went to was Cage the Elephant. They were really good live. I've seen Wait, Cage the Elephant who, like who were they five with? times. Who did they play with? Uh, I honestly they. Oh Black no, Keys? it was no, it was Portugal the Man. It was a great lineup. Oh yeah, I saw them on that tour yeah. as well. So I, I, I love. I saw them separately. <laughs> I saw Cage the Elephant. I've uh, I've seen Cage five times and Portugal the Man twice. But I, ne- I didn't know Both they were toured really together. Good. That's yeah. fucking awesome. And, yes, I they I did. So. I went to see, so I was about to say I've I've seen Cage the Elephant like four times. They are so mm. fucking good live. Yeah, None of are. those times have I gone to see Cage the Elephant. Really? Yeah. Just like <laughs> been there. Yeah. But they are they are very so the lead singer Matt whatever Matt Schultz. his name is Matt Schultz. He's is, like Mick Jagger esque on stage. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's very much trying to be Mick Jagger up there, and it works. No, he doesn't. Yeah. So, no, no. He's like he's like <clears throat> the equivalent to him or a. Jim Morrison in terms of frontmen, mm-hmm. in terms of frontmen. So the, of so the last time I saw today. Cage the Elephant was on my birthday last year, and they were opening for Beck uh, along with Spoon, and that was that was like the farthest oh, away. No, I've, no, yeah, I've I been. saw the, I saw them twice that tour, the past tour. Interesting. Summer. Yeah. So you, Cam, and I line, have yeah. all seen them on. <laughs> different <laughs> the same toys yeah yeah just like i'm i'm the nexus of this uh, yeah. Yeah, a it's scene. a venn diagram and you're in the middle <laughs> yeah. so so what i was gonna say though is i've i've seen portugal the man like four times as well and i They're saw portugal good. the man in like 2009 um back when like well before they became popular so that's gonna be like my one hipster thing that i say on this podcast <laughs> there that, you go like, before they were cool. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, well before they them, were cool, I saw Portugal well, the Man. It, if you saw them before the, uh, I don't remember the name of the song because it's way too popular. That was on the radio all the time. Modern Jesus, um, probably. Just for his name. Oh, no, no, that was, yeah, that was a different one. I um, what it's called. I just for it's kicks, still. man. Da, 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 that song that was yeah. on the radio. If you saw them before that, then then you've seen them before they were famous, basically. Oh, then I guess well, so I did, too. A, nice. We're all hipsters. They had a song that was pretty popular a few years before that called Purple, Yellow, Red, and Blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it, it, I don't think that's one that was like, oh, they're, they're amazing now, you know. Yeah. 
I guess. Um, <laughs> they had they had one hit, you know. But they they had a very minor hit in 2009 with a song called People Say that like mm-hmm. got some radio play that people kind of knew. And that was like the one song people knew them for for like five years after that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know they'd been together yeah. that long, honestly. And then, uh, so the, they're the from Alaska. Line, really? Yeah. Fun the, fact. The, so they're <laughs> wow. they're from like that's why no one combo. heard of them before that song. <laughs> yeah. So they're from Combo, like Wasilla, Alaska, which is where uh, what's her face is from. Um, oh, what's her face? Yeah, I love her. She's great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Sarah Palin. Oh, and... never mind. <laughs> I thought you were going to say another musical artist, not freaking yeah, I was almost no. vice president. Oh, so, so they can see Alaska the, uh, from their backyard uh, is what you're saying. Slash yeah, it's, it's a tiny snowmobilers town in, in Alaska <laughs> that not many people are from. So, But it, their combination, uh, Alaska and, and Portland, Oregon. But yeah, yeah, they're, now, they're Portland people now, but they still have their reach their, in Alaska. Their current lineup is... Uh, is not what it used to be. I think there are only two original members. Of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's it's the front man Johnny something, and then the John, guy that John always Gourley wears and Zach and Carruthers. I don't know his name, but yeah, he always I've, wears I've a flat them. rim cap. So, <laughs> so we we went to see them at a club in uh, in Burlington, Vermont, uh, in in like 2009, and it was like tiny club. Uh, they got off stage and just like walked through the crowd to the bar <laughs> and my my buddy zach like went up to the bar and went up to the bassist and was like would i be hitting on you the most if i bought you a drink right now because <laughs> he just had it in his head like he needed to buy a drink for this band that he's been listening to for way too long and the guy was like dude literally they give us free drinks back there so you don't need to buy me anything i'll do a shot with you if you want (laughs) i actually went to see a band that was so little known probably because they were like a tiny little like family band from texas and we were in upstate new york so very different worlds called the oh hellos probably haven't heard of them but i've oh oh my uh my good friend just got into them i believe that's the band like pretty good stuff Occasionally, like a little gospely for me, but they were like so little known that we were out. <clears throat> we went out there like early, um, and we I'm were just out... texting him right now to figure <clears throat> out. That's word. So we were out in the parking lot before the game, or before the game, before the show, like just like dicking around, like throwing a frisbee and stuff. And the band like showed up and like started throwing a frisbee with us, like before their show. And we were like, "Yo, like, are, aren't you guys the Oh Hellos?" And they were like, "Yeah." And we were like, "Oh, we're here to see you, like." So we like hung out with the band for like an hour, and then we were just like, That's "All right, like, we'll see you awesome. inside." And like we went in, and we were like front row to watch them perform, and it was like, "Damn, that was really cool!" Like we just hung out with the band that we were like seeing. But yeah, they're pretty good. You check them out. Yeah, no, KG Elephant. Is, well, I mean, I think "Oh Hello" I've heard because literally I was with my friend when he found them on YouTube as like a suggested thing, mm-hmm. and we listened. And he was like, "Oh, this is fucking." Do they have two drummers? I think it's a big band. It's like a whole. I'm pretty sure it's like a family. The lead singers are like brother and sister, I think. And then I don't know if it's the rest of their family or like friends or what. I think but. there's two drummers because we were we were watching, and there are two drummers, and oh, he's yeah. he's a drummer, so he was super into that, and uh, he likes actually another band that has two drummers, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. So he was super he was super into that. So 
Um, and he like has he showed me songs by them recently. I think it's Oh Hello. So that's so funny because yeah. I feel like it's such an obscure band it is, because it is. I they just did do like heard a, of them. Yeah, they did like a t- NPR Tiny Desk concert that was really good. So I don't know, maybe you saw them on there for the YouTube thing. I would imagine that might have been what popped up or something. But yeah, but uh, yeah, they were good. But back to the question, Zeppelin, yay. <laughs> the KG Elephant, yeah, yay. Yeah. Portugal, the man, yay. Oh, hello, yay. What's, what's your favorite uh, Led Zeppelin song? Ten Years Gone is on the tat- is the tattoo. That's possibly my favorite lyric. I wouldn't say song. Um... I can't. I can't pick an outright favorite song. I will say "Physical Graffiti" is my favorite album. Okay, and it's I think probably my it's probably a song off of there that is my favorite song. But I I can't I can't pick a favorite song. Okay, I I think my favorite song is "Going to California" because because you went to California that actually means something to me. And it's also it's also a very fucking good song. They really they they are my favorite classic rock band because I like basically every fucking song they've made and obviously some are better than others but Going to California is a fucking beautiful song. All right. I think it's like one of their most covered songs just because Oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's it's an acoustic too, so, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's easier to it's easier it. to cover not because it's yeah. easy to play, but because it, it, it's acoustic. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how much of that I'm editing out. Certainly some. Cam, but... Cam also didn't answer that question, though. Oh, do you think my obsession is unhealthy <laughs> yeah. or healthy? I think it's healthy. I don't know. It's not like you'd, like, well, I don't know. Like, why not? Why the fuck you, not? You, you like music. It's, music's good. <laughs> music, music is a you soul. You guys also you know? just you just don't know me enough to know that or not. Yeah. Maybe maybe this was the first time you realized I had a Led Zeppelin tattoo. So I think you've mentioned it to me before, but, like, yeah. I... Like I don't know why the fuck not. Like, it's music. Fuck it. You know, music's good. As they yeah, said, I, as long as it's not like, like music is a huge part of my life, so it's hard to like call somebody else out for liking a band. Yeah, yeah no, no. I just, you, I just spent like two thousand dollars over the last two months on concert tickets. So yeah, yeah, which is totally. I would rather spend it on concert tickets than maybe beer. But this is the Bruce and Bruins. Probably, probably beer at probably gonna get this coronavirus is the and from Bruins going concert. to see Rage Against the Machine or something. But. <laughs> Rage yeah. Against the Machine. No, 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 they're not. Red Hot Chili. <laughs> Got them confused with the Red Hot Chili Peppers for a second. Who are at commonly Boston confused Colony. bands? You know, <laughs> not because of the sound, because of the name. They start with R's and they have multiple words. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it confusing <laughs> out there. <laughs> Very confusing. <laughs> All right. So the week ahead. We got Tampa coming up, a rematch. Bitter rivals over the course of the past, like, I don't know, a thousand days. Um, Tampa, what do you guys think about this one? I'm pretty sure I know why people voted me as their least favorite host of this show, and it's because of this bullshit. Uh, I'm not going to predict a score or anything (laughs) because we just saw them play. Uh, it's going to look like that, and one team is going to win. Yeah, I think we get a similar this game. This is the cutting-edge analysis you yeah, come to yeah. the Bruins Bruins podcast for. That is hockey, why we are ranked number edits. two. We are ranked number uh, 230 <laughs> on Chartable. Imagine we go like up to, like... The very best hockey games are a coin flip, so yeah. pick, a, pick a side. No, I think we get a similar game. Uh, I will say, I think... Like in most sports, it's hard to beat the same team consecutively. That's why the playoffs are so awesome. Granted, this isn't 
literally consecutively, but it's twice within a week. So you learn from your mistakes, you adjust. Tampa's going to come out swinging, uh, especially we'll see how they do this week. But if they, which they presumably do, obviously want a shot at that President's Trophy, this is a big one for them because time is running out. So those points are going to matter. Um, with regards to the President's Trophy race, again, how much weight you actually throw behind that is kind of up to you, I suppose. But again, as Chris said, the players want it. They'd be crazy not to. So I get a similar game. Really could go either way. This one has the benefit of being back in Boston. But like Chris said, it's a total coin flip, especially with two teams that are this good. So predicting scores is kind of pointless. Um, I will say two things. One related to the game, one not. First of all, I found a Corona in the back of my Yeah, game. all right. All so right. we will crack that and up. that's the thing related to the game, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other thing is that I have to pee. No, I actually don't uh, for a change. <laughs> um, what I will say about the game is that uh, something that is interesting – I, I guess. Uh, but something to think about when going into this one. <laughs> it's not very interesting, but it is a statement <laughs> that I will make is the thing. So it's automatically interesting as uh, one of your favorite co-hosts. Not your least favorite co-host, according to Twitter, of this podcast. Again, I think we are um, all the least favorite by definition, given how... True, but Chris is by far the worst. <laughs> a healthy margin, and I'm okay whatever with Whatever the opposite of the creme de la creme is. <laughs> is, what Chris, uh, is. Uh, Chris is the Brad Marchand of this podcast. Uh, Cam, Cam is the... That might be uh, generous. Like, Cam is like the Ovechkin or Pasternak or whatever of this oh, podcast. I was number 88. I the, I'm like the oh, Corrali or some shit. <laughs> I'm just so I'm, – I'm like a depth player. So you got some sick um, sellies though. I love his sellies every time. <laughs> He's always so, so happy. So the game, uh, both are playing tonight. So one won't be more tired than the other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was my statement. That was, that was it. That was the – I was also going to say more, but that was the thing that I was building up towards. What I also will say is that uh, kind of reflecting back at the beginning of this podcast, if any of us remember, I said uh, that that confidence is a big thing. Um, This, again, is is a big confidence builder, especially if you can beat Tampa, who you were likely going to see in the playoffs, if things go as projected, and obviously, um, as Chris will stand by until he the day he fucking dies, uh, it's which is probably going to be predict soon. hockey. <laughs> it's probably hopefully not on this upcoming road trip. Um, knock knock on wood. Uh, drink toast a beer to that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> uh, please, Chris, don't die. Uh, we need I'm you be for... in New Orleans for St. Patty's Day. So no <laughs> promises. Oh God, we need you for episode eight. Um, <laughs> please live stream whatever parade you're a part of. <laughs> That's the Chris Chris's return is episode eight. What I will say From is that the I, All right. <laughs> big big confidence boost if you can beat them twice. Expect Tampa to be outraged to uh, by that loss, not necessarily outraged, but you know looking <laughs> to prove themselves. And they are facing the Habs tonight. So if they the lose, injustice they have incurred <laughs> from losing to the Bruins, they are outraged. It shall not stand. <laughs> Get your torches in your pitch, folks. Um, so, yeah, they are. Well, they're gonna they're gonna be coming out looking to prove something. They are playing the Habs tonight. If they lose to the Habs, they will be outraged. So, um, 
I suppose we'll see what happens. You, if you're listening, know what happened, or maybe you don't pay attention, and we will tell you on Twitter. Or somehow you're listening to this live, and that's creepy. (laughs) I don't like that. Yeah, I've been live streaming on Twitch right now. We got got, uh, one viewer, and it's me, because I have it open in case there's comments, so... There you go. Are we actually? These are lies. We always no, lie to you at the Bruise and Bruise podcast. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> someone else talk because I've been rambling. And I don't even. I don't think we have anything else to say about Tampa. We'll just go to Philly. Unless Chris, unless you want to go. Whoa, 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 whoa! Like some yeah, episodes usually happens now. I'm a little upset. I was kind of expecting <laughs> whoa, 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 to be like whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's more like whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Take a step back, ski master slump god. When I'm on a mic, um, Philly. Philly, all right. I actually do have a couple things to say about Philly. First of all, I have yeah, not just, been tanked. Cheesesteaks. I had a cheesesteak for lunch today. They, they're fucking delicious. Underrated. F- delicious. A little onion, some uh, banana pepper, maybe a little blue cheese. Great stuff. Um, as far as the team goes. What you just described is not a cheesesteak, but. Well, like with. I appreciate with, it. With the regular cheesesteak. I mean, you know, I guess it's not maybe Philly style, but like there's still obviously cheesesteak going on in there. I'm just saying. You had on cheese top. and steak. That's what occurred. Anyway, <laughs> I went here because I have not, I'll admittedly have not been paying the most attention to the Philadelphia Flyers this season beyond Gritty because he's a national treasure. I don't even know if Philadelphia oh, fans have paid attention to yeah. the Philadelphia So apparently Flyers they are season. second in the Metropolitan Division. They have won. Yeah, they've been on what? a hot Yeah, they've streak. won seven straight. Granted, what? they're playing right now, and as of the time of recording, they're beating Carolina after one, so it could change. But that would make it eight straight for them. They overtook second place from the Penguins. Jesus so they've been Christ. they've I been a wagon they were right like now. Borderline yeah. wild card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Van Riem's like a uh, broken hand out four to six weeks though. That's not great. Not they, that he's like a huge part of that team. Yeah, but that sucks. He's good. No, they actually have the third best goal differential in the conference. Behind Boston and Tampa, obviously, but um, <laughs> the Red Wings at minus one twenty-one. <laughs> Yikes! Are That's they a, close to the top? They're they're actually fourth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, everyone else is like minus three hundred. Yeah, Philly's been rolling though, so definitely don't take that one lightly at all. I mean, obviously Tampa, I think is going to be the bigger one Saturday, but you have a couple days to recover after that, so that's going to be a tough tilt. And it's in Philly too, which is always a little bit of a rowdy atmosphere. Even before they had Gritty, and now he's punching kids or whatever, so it's, it's only getting better. <laughs> that was a wild story, by the it way. It was when crazy. When that came out, I, like, my, my first thought was just, like, it was at an event where other people were. Yeah. How are you just going to, like, make up that story? Yeah. Like, people had to have seen Gritty punch a kid in the back. <clears throat> yeah. That, I, my, oh, I'm not going to lie. My first thought was that is the most Philadelphia thing that has ever happened. And then that was my second thought. So. <laughs> my favorite thing was when they were they were redesigning the Philly Fanatic. Uh, like it came out that they were like doing a redesign on the Philly Fanatic, and I was just like, I just hope it's gritty. It's just like, gritty. It just, <laughs> <laughs> just green gritty. Yeah, that's like no, yeah, not even green just gritty. Just straight just up gritty. gritty. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Like, hey, how do you like this I redesign? Love, I love how the Philadelphia's baseball team is called the Phillies. It's kind of like the Montreal Canadiens, you know? Or I suppose the Vancouver well, uh, Canucks. Like, it's, just... it's spelled differently, but maybe it's about horses? Sure. <laughs> sure. We'll go with what? that. <laughs> what is the Phillies? <laughs> what? Uh, Philly is a female horse uh, oh. under three years old, I think. Uh, I, you know what? You, you would know that as, as Mr. Cowboy. <laughs> as yeah, resident as, Cowboy. Yeah, as, as Cowboy Con, how, Cowboy Chris out here. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a horse racing Chris, fan. bring it to you fresh. Those dang crimes. <laughs> but I mean, there's the Houston Texans. <laughs> I, I don't even think I've heard dank rhymes as a phrase before. <laughs> I kind of like. Dank rhymes. I, I like that, like the Phillies taking like dank crimes. I like the Phillies taking a step further, and they're like, "Nah, fuck Pennsylvania. We're just the Phillies. It's Philadelphia only, baby. Like everybody else, Pittsburgh, get out of here. No shot. What are they, Pennsylvanians or Pennsylvania? It's definitely Pennsylvanians, but <laughs> as someone Pencil, who lived in Pennsylvania for four years, uh, that's not what they were called. Yo, fuck Penn State. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, all right, who's got any other things they want to say into a microphone for no one to hear? Um, so <laughs> I don't know how much of this I'll be editing, but closing hello, Drew. time. Hello, Drew. <laughs> One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey and beer. Oh, baby. Oh, I don't even want to sign off. One closing bourbon. time. One you scotch. don't have to go home, but One you can't beer. stay here.